what it is. What's up? I need to put some fucking moisturizer on my hair in the cut. The Telesis, the Telesis, a societal podcast. Back with a uh, another podcast episode, and this one is me being lazy because I'm supposed to be doing my best projects. I heard this week, and instead of doing that, um, I'm doing an Olivia Rodrigo uh, podcast, and she deserves it. You know, I, I've so I don't know much about this chick other than the fact that she's apparently 17 years old. And she was on a high school musical. I think she might have been the lead on that. I'm not sure. Uh, I My Disney Plus was running through Verizon. My mom pays for Verizon. She just canceled it. So I probably won't be finding that out uh, anytime soon. Uh, but, but yeah, okay. So anyway, as well as being a uh, TV star, she also happens to be a music star. Her, I guess, song pertaining to High School Musical, like, cover some shit, did, like, fucking crazy numbers. I guess that inspired her to actually just make music uh, that isn't corny Disney shit. And, you know, from what I understand, you know, it it bonged. Banged past tense. It did well. Um, Driver's License, I think, is the lead single for this. Did high numbers. A lot of people saying this is a really big star. You know, this is obviously the contemporary with a situation like this is the Billie Eilish. That's essentially who I've heard this you know, person is about on the level of as far as talent goes. So I listened to Sour, which came out last um, last week. This white girl walked by. And I, you know, every time you see a white girl that has some semblance of ass, you just think to yourself, what? Where, where, did, where did they come from? Um, anyway, in a non, I guess, perverted sense, um, back to this album. So Olivia Rodrigo, Rodrigo, um, I think she's Hispanic. I'm not sure. I don't think she is, but she might have some Hispanic in her. Uh, pretty, pretty good. I think pretty good range as far as this album goes, like vocal range. Uh, you never really expect much out of that as far as modern pop stars go. Um, Lana Del Rey had quite... Like I, you see this. You see the title. You see what I'm going for here. Lana Del Rey, probably out of all the people who see her that had some, I guess, level of influence gained from her existence. That being, you know, your lords, uh, you know, your billies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think her range, like, kind of hasn't really been particularly matched by them. And I know, like, nowadays, like. She kind of just does, just does like pretty much that normal, barely breaking a whisper uh, register, and that's pretty much where she stays at for the most part. You know, you, you get older. She, I know she smoked a lot of fucking cigs. Uh, you you kind of can't do what you used to be able to do, especially if you don't do it often, which I think she just chose not to do as much going forward. But even then, I think she still probably has more range than Billy. Uh, and I would also think Lord. I think Lord has probably the second most range out of the four people I'm mentioning. But I think I think Olivia does pretty decent. She um I think she does a better job of touching on different topics than I would say I, I would I would she's not a better songwriter than Lord. Now I'm not sure if Lord gets help or had got help on uh pure heroin. Because I'm I'm thinking debut albums here. 
I, she's she definitely is she a better song? Uh, I mean, seventeen. I probably shouldn't like assume that she's even a solo songwriter either. But as far as her songwriting team, I I, I think she might be better. Than, she's about equal with Lana Del Rey. Let me say that, but because Lana Del Rey being a woman on that album, I think she's like. The final, the Paradise edition of Born to Die. I think she was probably about 20, I want to say. Yeah, she, she was like 20, 21. Because she was like making music for a minute before she even dropped that. So, it kind of going through completely different life experiences. If you are 17, just understand, even four years later at 21, you're going to do an entirely different life. And if you're 21, then you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I'll, just because just I'm at that stage, the latter stage, the 21 stage currently... 22 actually um i would i would be betrothed to the idea that the more mature project intrinsically comes with a little bit harder songwriting so i'm going to say lana del rey had the best songwriter in the bunch but it's not that far away because rodrigo rodrigo <laughs> rodrigo goes through uh, quite a few different concepts that that really harken back to my own immaturity in a sense um, quite quite poetically, and I don't believe that Billy did that anywhere near as much on uh, when we go to sleep. I think that's that project were, were like kind of recent. I don't know how to pronounce this. Naivety, like the act of being naive, naivete, kind of just a lot of naivete. Like it's 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 pretty much the reason why I said for years like this woman, Billy Eilish, who is now a woman. Um, was kind of putting up a front, at least a disconnect between her persona and what's being presented in her music. Like, somewhere online, there's a person that's very young that just hasn't, back then, you know, two, three years ago, that just hadn't been that much life. She also was homeschooled, so it's definitely active being sheltered in some respects. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, going from there, songwriting, I'm putting Rodrigo as second in the four. Um, vocal range. I don't really come to a concrete spot on that, but I, I would say probably third out of the four. Um, in terms of, I guess, um, just uh, the idea of you know maximalism and how how much of a pop like because I mean the at least three of these four people are like pretty massive like industry plants. Now I don't know enough about Olivia Rodrigo yet. To, to know for a fact if she is or isn't but I think you can kind of you know make the case that she might have some of that in her you know I mean it wouldn't be that hard to do so but I don't know for a fact because I don't know much about this woman in fact or this girl um but with you know when you have an industry plant you kind of come to this conclusion that this should be a very clean Hollywood grandiose project and I think that it is and it isn't at times the big singles are definitely like these sprawling you could see like fucking not necessarily like Dr. Luke or uh, Matt Antonoff Antonoff is it his first name is it Jack Antonoff the chick who the, not chick the dude who did uh, Taylor Swift stuff um, all, all those massive you know, Scooter Bronze all those massive pop figures I don't think they reek of that quite yet. Like, she feels like she went a different direction than those, per se. But definitely some pretty industry-experienced people are behind some of the massive singles. 
and you get to some of the moments that are kind of new and not you know necessarily made to drum up numbers like even the closing track which is a very heartfelt kind of i guess i can relate moment for her in talking to a few possibly made up friends that going through you know family trauma and a lack of acceptance those feel like closer to something i could i could possibly see being pulled off by just your average joe that has access to the various uh multi-million dollar studios but no i mean they really feel like like more homely uh you know songs not not really but you know kind of in, in comparison so yeah I, I think as far as maximalism goes and and you know studio quality and such it's hard to really compare them in that respect because i mean this came out in 2021 born a dog came out in 2011 paradise edition believe 2012 uh pure heroin came out in 2013 and then the other joint came out in 2019. I would say the cleanest produced off the top of my head because I have to, I don't have that much, you know, runbacks on uh, when we die, you know, you all asleep, blah, blah, blah. I think the best produced, like instrumentally speaking, that's, that's a really tough one. They're all really comparable in that respect. I, I think pure heroin really feels like at, at its best it feels like substantially different in terms of like what can be made than the other ones but you know the predecessor to all this is like I said uh fucking um Born to Die and Born to Die is a really cinematic moments. I mean you, you go back to Die Mountain do you know good piano work on that just kind of I think Sometimes the, the, the voice that Lord, not Lord, Lana does adds another like instrumental feel in it of itself. Whew. Um, and Phineas does a pretty fantastic fucking job on uh, when we all go to sleep. You know, that that's another one that I think uh, like when you listen to you go like spin back eight. That's a that's a really well structured, uh, well mastered uh, song there. Let me look at let me look at that. Let me look at track list for it because I I think I'm I'm shafting when we all go to sleep or whatever when we all die whatever. Um, when we all fall asleep. Where do we go? I think I'm shafting that that one a little bit. Like you should see me in a crown. You just see me in a crown. Like they kind of take some like kind of electro elements with that. I, I really fucked with that. Um, Eight is one of my favorite songs. Uh, Elo Milo is another really good one. I think I should have probably like listened back to some of the parts of this project that I don't already go back to because, like shit, like "Wish You Were Gay," you know, "Bad Guy," I can kind of get a good feel off of. But unfortunately, I didn't. <laughs> so I guess we'll, in terms of studio quality, I'll put that third. That to me, just what feels brand spanking new and like this is a little bit ahead of its time. Is going to be the aforementioned earlier two of these four. I really don't know where to put Sour at to this point. It, it's got some really good moments, but really, I think the the meat of this one is not the soundtrack behind the vocals. It to me, it isn't. I mean, you could probably make the case that I didn't listen to it enough to really give it a, a love of that. But I would say if I had to rank it and like put a number to it. Pure Heroin and Born and Die are both probably like about a nine, 
maybe nine and a half in terms, maybe nine in terms of just instrumentals. So out of what three categories, I think it's pretty, I think I'm leaning towards this being a better project than when we all go to sleep. I don't think I have too much qualms in doing that. Now, in doing that, I recognize that the highs off of that, like we're talking just my favorite songs. When we all go to sleep, still wouldn't be number two. It still wouldn't break into the top two. I, I, those, those first two projects, those first two projects are in a different stratosphere of like album crafting than the latter two. And I think it is in part because I consider those two artists more talented than Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish is a masterclass in building a persona, image, Elaine, her and her team around her, obviously. Um, and you know, the what, what's, what's done wonders for her is a body positivity shit. Um, not to make fun of that in any kind of way, but uh, it's very, I think, evident at this point that the whole body of Billie Eilish drums up so many eyes and so many wandering ears in a way that I don't even think sometimes her music does. For a lot of people, she's a body positivity person first. And his persona, you know, first and not an artist, which I that there's pros to that. Like Michael Jackson is Michael fucking Jackson first. And then the music is like second. But Michael Jackson also made Thriller and Billie Eilish made When We All Go to Sleep. Where do we go? So a little bit of a gap in, in uh, ability between those two. But um, yeah, I think that um, I think her album is my least favorite of the four. And I think Sour, I'm going to give it some more spins, but it's probably decisively number three out of these four. Now, as far as where I see this going, going forward, um, she's like, what, 17? So I think Billy is 19 going on 20. Her album came out two years ago, but it's like early, early 2019. So she probably worked her own for the most part as a 17 year old. So, if I was thinking about it like that, I think Rodrigo is at this stage a more talented artist. I know people are going to hate this. A more talented artist than Billie Eilish. I think so. As a songwriter, maybe not as a single crafter, because I think that Wish You Were Gay 8, um, I'm trying to think of my third favorite single off of that. I, I guess I like Elo Milo. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily considered a single, but you know. Bad Guy and Xander are pretty good songs too. I mean, as far as like middle of the pack singles go. I, I think that I got I gotta give driver's license and the uh the other one. Wait, let me see what it is. Uh Trader. Trader is really good. I I I, I saw a Trader trending on Twitter before I listened to this. Uh Good for You I believe is also a single. Happier is really good too. Uh, but Trader, I really like that one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think those are just more reproducible singles than some of the highs off of word fucking sleep. Sleep. sleep I'll call it sleep. That fucking stupid ass title. Um, but there's no gimmicks by Olivia Rodrigo. Again, that's something to consider. There's no fucking gimmicks. I mean, you have to keep in mind the value of just making music and just letting that like there's no 
fucking crawling backwards, massive tarp shirts, eating spiders, you know, none of that bullshit, fucking white contacts, none of that fucking 2011 Hobson shit, or 2009 Tyler shit, none of that shit is on here, it's just pure music, and I give her points for that, dude, I think she's a better artist than Billy at this point, now is she, I think Lord dropped pure heroin at like 18 or 19, I, if she if she could make a, that type of a songwriting jump in two years from now, I mean, you know, Godspeed. But I don't, I don't see her rising to those type of ranks. And uh, I, I don't know, Lana, Lana, even though she's like been making fucking basic ass music from like 2014 to 2018, obviously having a reprieve with Norman fucking Rockwell, which is objectively a pretty solid album. Um, <sighs> I don't, I don't know, because it's like, what befailed, is, I don't know if that's the befold, what ruined the Lana experience in, at post uh, BTD is just how repetitive it got. It got to the same thematics, the same kind of landscapes cultivated by the music, the same kind of eras. Well, I, I, she tried, I think, try to make these minute differences with like, album packaging and music videos between eras but you listen to some of the shit off of ultra violence even though it's supposed to be a way different mood and different tone to it it really ain't too much different than most of the shit from fucking hollywood was uh not hollywood um it's it's what you do after you get married i can't remember the fucking name for it right now but the the um the 2016 one it's not, it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't sound different enough. And Norman fucking Rockwell is enough of a differentiation from some of her middle shit. And I think she just needs more of that. But hopefully Olivia can refrain from making similar sounding music for, you know, four or five years. I think might be, you know, might be easy for, might not be. Because I mean, that's the value of making music when you're younger is that you evolve and she has a lot of time to do that, a lot of experiences and shit. But yes, it for me. Um, I don't know. I really, I really fucked with. I really fucked with her project. She, she did a good job. You know, when I, when I was thinking seventeen, Disney star, uh, some of the fucking like even the cover art, which screams like fucking sixteen year old rebel. Um, <laughs> a phase that I unfortunately I'm not able to relate to at this moment. Once I can reverse fucking time. Um, she she did a good job of making a now foreign experience seem very familiar to me. And I, I gotta give her props to that. I would probably give this album a seven to seven and a half off of just, you know, first listen, playing in a car, having a couple of interruptions from here to now, but you know, keeping a, trying to keep a keen eye to it. I'd probably give her a seven, seven and a half. You know, I think that's a pretty good spot. I'd have put it higher, like I said above sleep i consider those earlier two albums to be pretty much i mean like i think born to die is a little bit higher than pure heroin just because pure heroin really falls off towards not really but enough falls off like let me let me i'm gonna pull up this extended verse because i'm mentioning paradise edition which is also extended so if you go from tennis court to white teeth teens you have a 10 eh? a, a pretty close to a 10 out of 10 album and then you go past that and I'm 
thinking you have eight out of ten album. So I combine those two and I think nine out of ten. Then I look at Paradise Edition, which is obviously a little bit more fat to it. Let's see, Paradise Edition. Special version. Okay. Okay, I actually need to recognize because I don't I don't listen to most of this shit that's on the actual Paradise Edition, the fucking added EP. Like, I think it's from Blue Velvet on. I don't listen to most of that shit. Ugh. This is this isn't about those two. I think they're about pretty much the same level. You could you could make that argument that one's higher than the next, but those two are about nine out of ten, give or take. That's it for me. Hope you all enjoyed this. Olivia Rodrigo fans. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Y'all have a classic on this one. I fucked with it heavy. Um see y'all later. Maybe I'll listen to more. Olivia Rodrigo one day. Whenever, whenever she next drops in that shit. Maybe I'll watch fucking high school musical part fucking millennial edition or Gen Z edition. Uh because I don't understand why the fuck they rebooted that fucking series. All right, peace. <laughs>